and welcome back to another episode of Our Generation On Air. My name is Alex Pinamore, and this week I am joined by the returning Dan Lambert. Dan, welcome back. Thanks for having me. That's good to be back, to be fair. Yeah, a uh, long time without you being on the podcast. Uh, we did last week talk a little bit about corners and conceding from them. Uh, I heard, I heard. You're not tempted to go through another review of our corners? No, depend, depends on Ben's offer, but um, no. It's not, I did enough last season, that was bad enough, so no, the answer's no, probably. I think that would be the wise option for your sanity. Um, so we have a game of two halves to talk about uh, in regards to the match against Reading. Uh, a quick preview of Swansea this Saturday and a little bit of transfer speculation as well. But let's first start with the comeback against Reading last Saturday. Um, I think the the feeling I had in the ground was that people might be tempted to say that the first half was similar to Luton and to uh, Fleetwood and the second half was akin to something more like Sheffield United at home. Uh, having, I can't speak for Fleetwood, but I can speak for Luton. Uh, that first half performance wasn't as bad as what we played against Luton. Just interesting no. sort of take for the sort of yeah. general feel of the game. No, I didn't think the first half was too bad. I mean, this was me watching it back with a bit of hindsight um, rather than live. But no, I didn't think it was overly that bad. I think it was kind of like the fine margins were against us in the sense that it was a very good strike from Jeff Hendricks. Uh, obviously, it was him that was going to score. Um, but no, the first strike was good. And the second one, I think it was off the back of a counter-attack. Um, I think we could have done more to stop the counter. I think Hoyler managed to get out a bit too easy. Um but yeah, I think I think we just lack uh, that final edge in the uh, in the in our area really. I think Dykes' chance, and I think it was was it Roberts as well had a chance in the first half. Two two decent opportunities. I can't remember the second one, but I think Dykes Roberts took a shot on that he should never have done. He tried to sort of like tee up and volley it after we'd built pretty good momentum, and it kind of wasted it. Um, I. It's a really interesting game for Tyler Roberts because again, like first half he was diabolical. Second half he comes good. Do you think he's diabolical? Goals. I don't know. I, 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 I thought I I, th- I, th- I don't know maybe diabolical, but he certainly was in line for getting a lot of stick. He's the whipping boy, I think, at the moment, isn't he? For a lot of people, um, I think I think his quality I, was lacking in terms of on the ball, but I thought he was actually really sharp off it. I thought that mm-hmm. was an improvement from him. But yeah, second half he was a lot better. But then again, in the ground, uh, with him away and pissed up, we're not really. Most people aren't looking at off the ball movement at that point, are they? No, I, I know, I know what you mean. I've experienced that myself, so. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought I, I think I put a message in the group chat that if he came back out at half time, there might be a riot, like because it felt the people around me were kind of you know, there was one particular person laying into him. I, I can't name names at all, but you know that plenty of uh, sort of dislike of his performance in the first half. You've already mentioned it, but um, Jeff bloody Hendrick, like this is a different player, surely, to the one that we had on loan last season. Because I I went and watched QPR play Barnsley away last year, a game which he started, a game which had so little attacking output, it can't really be classed as a football match. And to be honest, most of the players on that pitch shouldn't be allowed to play football again after that performance. Him being one of them, sort of, you know, dictating that midfield. 
where, where's this strike come from? I mean, you, you uh, say it's a good strike, and it is, but th- this is ridiculous. Two goals from Hendrick. Oh no, no, it's definitely ridiculous. I think that's just. I think I look, and that's just third goal of the season, two against us. Um, but no, I, I don't think. Uh, watching the game back, I don't think overall his quality was was actually there. I think he just popped up in the in the two moments to kind of score. I mean, if I remember rightly, during his Burnley and Derby days, he kind of played as more of a second striker type. Uh, he wasn't playing second striker there, but he almost had that instinct to to get on the end of the uh, the two balls, uh, one one for the, the drive and then the other on the on the line of the goal. So no, it was good. It was two good goals to be fair to him, or the first one at least. But yeah, I don't know where that came from really. So let's look at that first goal then. Um, I think there's a few errors. There's definitely one that I'm not too happy with. I think it's Shane. Is it Shane Long? In between, he's sort of sandwiched in between yeah. him yeah. and Laird. Laird and Yeah, yeah. And, I, I in, in that situation, really, they shouldn't be losing the ball, but he manages to squeeze the ball out into the path of Hendrick, who comes onto it and hits it. I think Field as well kind of jumps past him, runs past him, thinks he's going to the other side of the uh, the goal. You know, you can kind of say that's a bad judgment in the situation, but not necessarily something you can be sort of, I don't know, too critical of. But he's definitely just sort of jumping out of the way field instead of actually putting a block in. And it's a sort of open channel for him to slice the ball into the back of the net Senny as well. I don't know. My my dad said in the ground that Senny might be a little bit disappointed of that, just because he has quite a good view of it. But I don't know. It's quite quite far out. Right, it comes it's right in, near the post, isn't it? Yeah, it comes um, in at such a speed that I don't know whether you can really blame Senny for that. But I certainly think that first instance of the the you know the um the sort of fifty fifty, I guess you could call it. We've got two players on one player, and we don't win that challenge. That's the disappointing thing for me. Yeah, that's that's the yeah, I'd say that's the main one because um Irabunum was the one kind of holding that central space where Hendrick received the ball. <clears throat> and he kind of jumps on um to to long and tries to to win back the ball, but we fail and then it kind of it, yeah, it goes in from there. But I think I think I suppose it's a case that you could say that Field or I think Willock was near him at the time mm. to maybe anticipate the, the ball quicker, but I think if it doesn't get past Irabunum and Laird, it doesn't go to Hendrick in the first place. So I think that's the main cause of the issue. The funny thing about Irabunum is that up until 90 minutes, I didn't realise he was on the pitch. <laughs> 19, that was, 19 minutes. I, I turned around to my dad and was like, I've just realised that Irabunum's playing. Like, he, he didn't quite get involved enough for my liking. Um, I, I don't quite know... I, you know, I think a couple of weeks ago we had a bit. I had a bit of a moan um, when we had Steve on to sort of say that the, the loans are going a little bit nowhere at the moment. Um, I, I kind of, I find it really frustrating. He's he's obviously a good player, but I didn't really see much from him on Saturday, and you would, I would make a case for him being replace with someone else if it weren't for the fact that Dazelle dropped an awful performance at Fleetwood. Amos is chronically injured and Tyler, uh, no, Taylor Richard, Richards, yeah, I got it right. Um, he came on at the end of the game and we've all been crying out for him to sort of come on and play a few more minutes, but um, he lost the ball straight away 
like and it was incredibly soft like it kind of i just wonder if that that's part of the reason it, whether he's a little bit too academy at this point or he's not possibly playing. Possibly, I don't know. I mean, he's had injuries, so I suppose fitness is an issue. He hasn't had a preseason, I don't think, as well. I think he was injured during the World Cup break a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, on on the European thing, I think he did have a bad game or a poor game. But I mean, for me, he's been one of our key players this season. I think I really like him as a player. Um, possibly the reason for him not playing so well in this game was I thought it was quite an end to end game, and I think he kind of. He thrives a bit when when we have uh, a lot of the ball and can kind of drive at drive at defenses and kind of dictate that that uh, the tempo through that. So maybe that's why why he struggled in that game. But no, I think he's been one of our consistent players for a long long period of the season. So I think one performance uh, won't do him doing the end of the world. Uh, and the second goal then um, is this one where perhaps Sunny should be doing better. Yeah, I don't know. Did it take a deflection? Because I didn't really, I couldn't really tell from the, I can't, I can't remember who hits it, and then it kind of bounces, it bounces over, doesn't it? And then it's just before it goes in the back of the net, Hendrick mm. um, taps it in. I, I don't know. I, I'd need to watch that a bit back. But I think, like I said earlier, the, I think it's Hoylet that gets played through by Ince at the time, and I think Laird and or Powell and Irabunum are kind of surrounding him, and then somehow he manages to to play it down the line to, to Tom Ince, who kind of gets in that crossing situation. So, <clears throat> again, I think it's um, an issue of kind of stopping the source when it was uh, with Hoylet at the time, really, um, before they went on and had that opportunity. Yeah. Um, the one thing I will also say about this, looking back at it, is that Hendrick is played on side by Field, who's not in line with... For some reason, Field becomes the sort of like last man um, and plays him on side. Uh, I just wonder, should he be sort of stepping up in line with D- Dickie and Dunn? And does he need to be that deep? Because if he steps up, Hendrick is offside. And, you know, you, you could still get a dodgy decision from the linesman. That's always possible in this division. But, you know, Hendrick sort of just drifts into an area and is allowed to be on side and just sort of taps it into the back of the net. I don't quite understand. I think Field maybe just, if he steps up as a look, look around, but it all happens, I guess, so quickly. I don't know whether it's me being hypercritical or not. Yeah, I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I think he, there's, a, there's an argument for him to step up, but I think it's kind of it's kind of collective goal in the sense that a, a couple of errors kind of caused the, caused the goal a bit like, a bit like the first one where we kind of picked out a few few things that maybe could have done better. So, yeah, maybe best and better defending. But you know, at that point in the game, they were they kind of on the ascendancy a little bit after one up. Mm. Um, I, I've been to three away games this season, including Reading, Charlton, and also Bristol City. Do you know what is not unique, but do you know what ties all those games together? Charlton. Tyler Roberts goal. Tyler Roberts scores in every single one of them. <laughs> I think that might be. He hasn't scored at home, has he? Uh, has he? I don't think. I don't think so. But um, yeah, you're testing my knowledge there. I, I really probably not be knowing I... this to be honest before making that point, shouldn't I? <laughs> in, in preparation for a podcast, I'll look it up. But um, 
we get serious when we stick on the new signing, don't we? Jamal Lowe. And I've already mentioned him, QPR Analytics, Steve. He mentioned on Twitter that, you know, when you play your best players, you seem to just play better. Uh, unfortunately for Willock, he hasn't really had a very good sort of post-World Cup uh, start up. So he comes off, low comes on, and pretty much straight away makes an impact, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Chris, you said after the game, uh, he brings a calmness to the game in the final third, uh, which is something we've drastically been lacking um, in terms of in terms of goals. I think the last 10, 12 games, something like that. But no, it was a good, it was a good, um, good goal for the first one. I think it was chair that played a ball over their defence and then low kind of runs onto it again adding a bit of pace into that front line that we kind of we also lack and then I mean the quality from Roberts there he's shown it in flashes this season but it's a crook to uh to do the I think it's a chop on uh, one of the defenders and then uh, a weak foot finish into the bottom corner that was a very good goal I thought um and I think in that's the moment that... from behind the ground behind the goal everyone I think felt that he'd done a bit too much we thought he was about to yeah. miss but look at it and credit to him because looking on the replay, he absolutely does the right thing. And it's just weird that from a different angle, it just looked like he was going to uh, shoot wide. But from uh, sideways on, it, you know, look at it and you think, yeah, that's a brilliant finish, brilliant goal. And perhaps he sort of overplay a little bit the the impact of low. I mean, it's a pretty good run and a, he finds him with the pass. But this is a, you know, it is... Tyler Roberts' goal, he makes it kind of for himself a little bit, doesn't he? Yeah, no, I think I think with Roberts, I think he has the quality. Um, I just think it's fitness and um, yeah, getting up to speed. Now I think that's three league starts on the bounce he's had, um, and it kind of uh, kind of feels to me a bit like a new signing in that sense because we didn't really have much of him the first half of the season, at least starting. Um, so hopefully, if he can build his fitness up and get up to speed, that we can have a a good a good version of Tyler Roberts towards the uh, the back end of the season. Yeah. Um this uh, second goal then <clears throat> just looking through my notes here I, th- I think I've forgotten to ri- write anything down about the second goal. So it comes from a deep cross from chair doesn't it? Uh Laird uh gets it's a bit sort of you know pinball Laird eventually gets something like and then it's a I think it's a decent hand from Lumley but it just mm-hmm. falls to Roberts to tap it into the back of the net of Zed. I mean, if he didn't, Dykes might have. But, you know, that we were lining up to score at that point. I said at the start that this was a game of, you know, two halves and we didn't play poorly in the first half. I thought we were unlucky in some aspects and we could have done better. But I certainly didn't think we were bad. Second half, I thought at least that we were very good and that as Reading got worse, we got better and we really pressed on the advantage. Yeah, and I'd agree with that. I think Reading, I think Reading were kind of, oh, what's the word, um, kind of didn't help themselves in the sense that I think they dropped off a bit naturally with the 2-0 lead. Um, and I think second half, I'm pretty sure we had majority of the territory in their, in their half. So it kind of felt uh, inevitable in a way that we were going to score, especially after the first one. Um but yeah, no, the second goal, two good uh, instinctive kind of shots, both from Laird and then Roberts to kind of get on the end of the get on the end of um, Lumley's save. So no, two good goals, and then I think 
we, we even looked a little bit like we could have got a third potentially, mm. but that wasn't uh, wasn't to be. Well, I thought as well, Laird had a much improved performance um, in, in comparison to recent weeks. And that would be, you know, really important for us going forward if he can, I don't know, get back to what he was like sort of pre-World Cup. But he was certainly getting more involved in the attacking play. And, you know, he, he is meant, I think, you know, at the start of the season, you talked about uh, fullbacks being sort of slightly inverted and stuff like that. He was really cutting in and uh, getting involved with stuff towards the end of the game. So I thought it was really improved on his behalf. Yeah, no, no. I think um, I think his ball carrying in the final third was, was up there. I think Preston was a good performance in that sense. But you can see, I mean, he's not the type of fullback that, um, say, for example, like a Manning when we had to put a lot of crosses into the box. He, he doesn't really, that skill set's not really uh, what he's about. So <clears throat> getting a getting into those um, positions in the final third, kind of creating the under, underlaps for the wingers and that, um, that's what he's effective at doing. He did, what, did that well on Saturday. Yeah. Um, let's see. Is there anything else that we can mention? Um, any other sort of standout players from the game for you? Uh, <clears throat> not a standout. I just think, I think it's interesting the Willock, with Willock. Um I mean, I'm sure you've touched on this, but in a couple of weeks before, uh, pods before, but I don't know if the system suits him in that left wing role. He seems quite isolated <clears throat> by the touchline, uh, and then when you've got players, two, three players around him, there's not really that space like where he has in sanctuaries where he can kind of go past people. If you like, it's it's kind of restricted in the <clears throat> in the ways he can play. So I don't know. Does does Critchy change it for him? I can't see that happening. Um, but I mean, confidence, I think injuries are an aspect as well, but I just don't think he's an out-and-out left winger that can come inside and cut him. He's more of a number 10 for me. I think Chair's kind of adapted a little bit better, hasn't he, to what he's, to the system. Um, but it's interesting because the, 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 the sort of looming threat with Woolock is that in a couple of months, the, his contract's up. Or maybe not a couple of months. There's well, yeah, it's at the end of this season, but there's a a loan, not a loan, sorry, an, an extra year option, as per standard with a, a Lee, Lee who's negotiated contract. But um, you know, talk as well this week of trying to cash in on him. Now we're going to be entering the stages where his transfer is going to become very divisive. Um. And from my money, if we can get any money for him at this point, that's a bonus. Because if, if we had sold him at the start of the summer, I could understand it, but there would be eyebrows raised, I would, think. Would, would someone like Bill have come, though? That's the issue. Yeah, that's Is the thing it? as well. He obviously got promised that no sales would be made. Um but there hasn't even been because of that. There hasn't even been a sniff of a transfer rumor, has there? I see this week that Senny Dieng's potentially being lined up for a couple of Premier League clubs come next summer. And you know, yeah, absolutely, we need to sell someone to sort of reinvest and move on. But if we can sell Willock for close to a Luke Freeman sort of price, I'd be taking that at this point. I think I personally, I think, and I've seen big fees kind of banded around on and Twitter's not the greatest place for, for opinion on that, but I've seen people think we can get quite big um 
the fees up front for him. But honestly, I think the max we're probably going to get up front with for him with his contract length is probably about five million pounds, and then add-ons with that. I just can't see can't see anyone paying more than five mil for for someone that's had a year worth of hamstring injuries and and lost a bit of sharpness. To be honest, this is the thing you can't you got to ditch the Eze comparisons because Eze managed to keep himself fit the whole time, didn't he? He was yeah. apart from when he made his debut against uh, in in the in a cup game before he went on out on loan to Wickham. He was fit for majority of games, so you can't you can't compare them in that sense because as they were scoring plenty of goals, was pushing the team forwards and also keeping himself fit at the same time. So, you know, <laughs> Willock, unfortunately, with the hamstring injuries that he's had, a, an opposition side will, will be reluctant to splash a lot of money on that uh, sort of situation. Um, we've already mentioned that Reading dropped quite deep. Uh, and I see on their... YouTube page that they did an interview with Jeff Hendrick and he said that it was two points dropped for them and you know factually that is correct realistically if they came away with three points then it would have been a rubbery um, they you know they're combined they're, they're strikers of a combined age of two million years under old between them Andy Carroll and Shane Long were apart from Andy Carroll chucking himself to the ground a few times I didn't really see him do much in this there was half, unfortunately there forward. was a little bit of contact with the there was contact but he did he did go oh, down. The, the, um, oh, are you talking about the penalty? I forgot about that. No, 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 not the chain long penalty. The, like the Andy Carroll situations, there was there was a bit of like the experience in the sense of getting your body in front of the of our players and and drawing the fouls. But no, he did he did go down too easily at times. But I think the penalty I didn't think was a penalty for me. I think um, long. Long um, kind of leans across him, uh, and there's literally nothing big he can do, so he kind of tries to win it uh, cheaply. Yeah. Um, the last thing to say uh, features ex player Joe Lumley. He made a very good save to deny Lyndon Dykes, who got the ball back on target. It was a pretty good effort from him, and a really good save actually from Joe Lumley. Um, but the... <laughs> do you remember when we had all those goalkeeping issues and we were talking about distribution and stuff like that under Warburton and there was specific goalkeepers yeah. brought in? Uh, Joe Lumley's distribution in the second half got progressively worse as the match went on, and it was it was funny in a way. Like <laughs> it kind of you could tell that it just was gonna that there was gonna be a really bad one that was sort of just gonna be round the corner because he kept on sort of like the, the ball keeps he seemed to go very high up in the air and quite loopy. He's trying to sort of slice it and he just felt this is there's going to be one that is just going to sort of shoot along the ground or barely get off the ground. And it came along like five minutes after I thought that. <laughs> and it, it because it sort of bounced quite a few times and the you know, Dykes was back on the halfway line, I don't think they were kind of expecting it and it was sort of bounced over his head. But it was kind of, it was a typical Joe Lumley performance, an amazing save, but then at the same time proving why at that time it was probably right for him to move on. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know, I feel sorry for him in the sense that, I don't know, what, what age was he when Warburton came in? 20? Very young for a goalkeeper, let's be honest, because most yeah. goalkeepers stick around for a long time. Yeah, that's true. I just think, I don't know, I think I feel a bit sorry for him in the sense that he never really kind of had that distribution with the feet and you bring a manager in and he hasn't really had that through the years at QPR. So 
I, I guess it was it was always never going to work out with us. But <clears throat> yeah, I think I think we made the right call because obviously, <clears throat> sorry, you look at uh, you look at Dieng and that they're they're so much better better on the ball and, uh, and I think he's the best keeper as well. So yeah. we definitely made the right decision in that sense. The only other th- the only thing that he was good at for distribution was the flat kicks, and he did it once for Bright to score a goal, didn't he? Yes. Yeah, I'm trying to remember it now. I mean, yeah, I'm. I'm probably asking the wrong person we should have bright size samuel expert uh, ben uh summer on to answer that one but i think that's the only sort of i think that was that probably tricked us a little bit because he plays this flat kick out and you think oh has he got a little bit better maybe i don't know uh it turns out no is <laughs> distribution at the weekend was shocking um but yeah i mean like we said they say it's two points drop but you know i'd be disappointed if we'd ca- if we didn't come away with at least a point. And likewise, I'd also be disappointed if Paul Ince was my was the manager of my football club. Um, you know, I think exactly the same sort of situation as the uh game earlier on the season. He's not exactly big on tactics, is he? He's not <laughs> that's not no. the vibe I get. No, uh you get that from him as a pundit as well. Um I think he was on the, the FA Cup re- <clears throat> the FA Cup replay this week and he 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 gives me uh Roy, Roy Keane vibes in the sense that you know <clears throat> quite a traditional quite um quite old school um and they I don't I don't think I've seen them change shape all season to be honest with you. I don't follow them well but I'm pretty sure they've stayed in that three three five two three four one two for the whole season so yeah there's not huge amounts of flexibility to them uh, very quickly. Whilst encouraging that we have these sort of bounce back, stop the rock performances, we had it against Sheffield United, where we probably should have won. We've had it this game post Fleetwood. It can't keep going on like this, can we? Because maybe the ever, maybe I am a optimist, but you look at the table and there may be a slight sort of inevitability about the top six for, for now, at least. But we're four points off the playoffs, despite all the bad form that we've had recently. And I know we're probably going to have to play exceptionally well between now and the end of the season to actually get into the playoffs. But as a footballer, as a manager, as a club, surely they look at four points and think, this is a chance. This is a really open season. We need to be knocking on the door of the playoffs, especially after how it ended last year. I think it's a chance <clears throat> but I, I think, think it's a certainty but you think when when there's four, you know Swansea who we were playing this weekend one point ahead of us they're th- a win away and a few results going their way have been into the top top six but I, I think I think again I think Swansea like us just epitomise inconsistency <clears throat> how many times have you seen I think you look at the table and I think Swansea have been up in, in and around the playoffs about three four times a season mm. um, I think if we're still inconsistent it's a complete write off of playoffs personally uh, and I think you look at West Brom, Middlesbrough, I think they're kind of nailed on for playoffs. Watford are still up there and, and Norwich are back with the new manager. So it's gonna, I think it's going to be very tough. I can't see it personally, but uh, Chris, he spoke about inconsistencies. I think it was post Fleetwood. He kind of kind of uh, went into a little bit of a, a rant. I mean, I agreed with what he said. Um, but yeah, it's the same players. I, I just can't see it. the inconsistencies dropping with the same same group of lads. Um, we know the quality's there, but it's so frustrating when 
you have the Sheffield United performance, even the Preston performance, and then you go and back it up with a with a Luton performance or a Fleetwood performance. Um, so yeah, I just I don't know what you do to to really stop the in, <clears throat> stop the inconsistencies. To be honest, there's not huge amounts you can do unless you're the players. Well, is one of these solutions Ashley Barnes? Um, I mean, <laughs> there's you know he's been linked to us already once this trans window. I see again on Twitter again the uh, you know the source of all knowledge, the fountain of truth. Simply put, would you want Ashley Barnes on loan? No, no. Um, I think there's pros and cons. I think he's kind of a mentor for Dykes because um, Dykes is he's having it. Okay, season overall in his overall game, but goals wise, he's not really, not really uh, hit and form. So, I can see it from that sense. I can see it from bringing experience to the squad. I know Critchley said after Reading that we 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 lack experience, um, but we also lack pace. We also lack a different profile to Dykes. I don't think I don't think Lowe's gonna. If we're after a striker, I can't see Lowe being a striker. I think Lowe would would hold one of the winger spots. Maybe down the right um, right wings, we lack any kind of natural right um, <clears throat> right winger. Uh, so, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have it for me. And it's an, it's a, it'd be a sick loan spot. One would have to drop out the squad each week. I just can't. And considering how fairly important these loans are, low uh, Laird, Irabune, and Roberts, if he gets back on form in the second half of the season, who's well, going to drop it's out? The the, the rumour, as per circulated by. West London Sport is that we would buy Richards now, and that frees up a loan. We've but, got to buy him anyway, really, haven't we? Well, we have no... got to buy him anyway, but it's kind of like this is just is not, a way doing, of doing business, do though, isn't it? Can we it's... not do a lead when they? Uh, who did they have there? Um, August uh, Augustine, the striker, and then he didn't pay his obligation. Can we just not do that? I think what we should do is be like Watford and buy another club. And like send loans out there every other week, like in you know, like in foot manager, you can send a loan out to an affiliate, yeah, yeah, just do that. Send like Iribuni, send someone out there every week, Kaka or something, I don't know, to free a space up. Um, it, the the I've mentioned it before, but the uh, the potential signing of Richards now, I know we've got to sign him at the end of the season anyway, but he's not playing any, you know, barely any minutes. Um, I just <laughs> there's a few red flags about it. I know that oh, they there is. There's definitely is, but we're gonna have get to get the deal. We're gonna like, have to experience the pain either way, aren't we? Yeah, I don't think signing him just for Ashley Barnes is the right answer, though, is it? But no. I guess if that's the only signing we can make, I I would still be looking at like I don't know. Is there anyone like in League Two, or League One? I mean, you know. Maybe the answer is recalling Charlie Cowman. I don't know. But... Yeah, I think there's definitely. I don't know how much funds we have if we were to get a permanent, and I wouldn't be against looking at a League One striker kind of developing him. A bit like, a bit similar to what kind of Luton did with Adebayo or Barnsley did with Morris to an extent, like getting them for cheap and then kind of developing them on. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't get why we want to have a target man. If I'm honest with you. I think we'd need another profile to two dykes rather than uh, another one to add to dykes, really. I but guess with the loan market, it isn't sort of like 
looking around for players that fit our system. It's looking for anyone that's available within the price range, um, which yeah. is the disappointing thing. Yeah, I, really, I just think you've got you've got to be careful what profiles you bring in, regardless of the loan or permanence. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe go and prove me uh, prove me wrong, but I suppose I suppose the one benefit is we bring a shit house on the side and uh, can actually not be the nice team for once. He'll automatically become the nicest striker in the championship. It's just the way it goes, unfortunately. Right, so Swansea at home this Saturday. Last time we had Swansea, we lost 1-0. And I had uh, Aled Biston on the podcast, who's a friend of Ben. Uh, He kind of painted a sorry picture for Swansea at the time. Got me all confident, got me excited. And they went and turned us over 1-0. So that was... uh, you know, fun. Um, who they like we've mentioned already, one point just ahead of us. Having a look at their results recently, would I be right in saying that they seem to be scoring a few more goals than usual? Because I, I yeah, I think thought of them as a sort of one nil winning sort of side. Yeah, I think Perot's hit a bit of form. I know he scored nine league or nine goals in all competitions. I don't know if it's league or all competitions, but he scored nine goals. Um, They've got Ollie Cooper, who's um kind of hit a bit of form for them. And obviously they've got they've got Manning, who's a key player for them, and the likes of Darling and Grimes. So they've got they've got players in there to to kind of chip in. Um but they I think they're still in still an inconsistent side, really. I think they played midweek in the FA Cup replay and that got taken to extra time. So that could be to our benefit. Um they lost that I think to Bristol City, but yeah, um, similar to us really in the sense that they're one week they win or have a good performance and the next they kind of don't really turn up so could be any anyone's game uh on Saturday really. Yeah, I mean they beat Watford four nil recently, didn't they? Uh also beat Sunderland, I think three one, three nil. Yeah, I think the red card I think there's a red card in their early days and that changed the game. For the Watford <clears> game. Uh no 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 Sunderland, Sunderland. Okay. I think Luke O'Nine got a uh, centre failure. Uh, they also lost to Burnley in the league, which is, you know, kind of a given at this point. Um, and obviously, like you said, the the defeat in the cup uh, against Bristol City after extra time, and they drew one all, I think it was, in the first first game of that tie. Um, so, like, I think we sort of basically covered already a little bit of where the threat's going to come from. Piro, mainly for the goal scoring. But as you said just uh, off air just now, there's one particular style that they like to play, isn't there? Yeah, um, possession-based, home and away. Um, I think a lot of times this season they've actually gone away from home and kind of dominated the ball. It, it, it can be a good thing. I mean, it's a it's a type, it's a style, isn't it? it? It's effective when it works and then when it doesn't, it can be quite um, dull and, and stagnant. Um I expect them to have most of the ball on Saturday. I think Critch should be happy to kind of um, create a pressing structure that will kind of manipulate them with the ball, trying to hit them on the break. I think we saw that against Sheffield United at the time as well, uh, when we were the home side. So I think it could be something something similar. Um, but yeah, I, I think the interesting thing I came across with looking at the lineups is they really lack a, a type of a type of winger profile, if that makes sense. They don't really have, I think, who was it they played? They played Cooper. Um, I think it was Fulton a bit higher up and Cullen on the right, who's a striker. So they don't really have that kind of 
natural winger presence. So I think they might they might play quite a narrow four and then look to kind of stretch the stretch the game with Manning kind of on the overlap. So that'd be interesting. But I think somewhere where we can hit them or a potential weakness that we can kind of exploit is their right back is a centre back. I don't know how to pronounce his surname, but it's Lati. Uh, it's, the, it's the long name Lati Bowie or something like that. Um, right. You keep talking. I'll have a look and see. How yeah, we but, yeah, no, he's, he's, he's a centre back, um, and he's kind of playing as an unorthodox right back. So, <clears throat> particularly where we like to kind of overload that left hand side and um, kind of create with combination play or rotations, I think that could be a, a real area where Critchley looks to to kind of uh, dominate them. Yeah. Um, let's look at what we can do then. Sorry. Any draw with the pronunciation? I'm seeing. I'm seeing it here. I, I, I might put it into Google Translate. See what it comes up with. Um, in terms of ourselves, you know, uh, are you thinking low comes straight into the starting eleven? Um, I don't. I, I don't really have an answer. I don't know. Um, Chris, he said post match. Right, I'm going off what he said that. He kind of wants to build the minutes up because he hasn't had any match game uh, uh, game time or significant game time since, I don't know, back end of the championship last season. But he wasn't even getting consistent like minutes during that, that period at Bournemouth. So I, I, I think he might put him on the bench one more time. I think, I don't know, do you risk him and play 60 and bring him off or do you keep him on to the end of the game? I, I think it's one that he's got, he's got to weigh up. We've got, I mean... Willock's not on form, but we've got options there. We can It's not as if we're we're totally desperate in the sense of um, attacking numbers. We we can we can still line up with a similar similar team as Reading. I think he, I think the whole team will be pretty much the same by by one change. But um, yeah, it's it's something he's got a way up because um, I don't think Lowe can can play for any more than sixty minutes at the minute. Yeah, um, what we'll say is you know if we do stick with the same. Uh, starting eleven, as we did with Reading. Obviously, that gives Roberts another chance, and I think I, I, was, I should have mentioned this when we were talking about Red, the Reading game. But it's been fair to say in the past that maybe you've been slightly critical of Roberts, and I think Micah has also uh, sort of echoed those views a few times. Um, basically, you know, the the idea is that you know we weren't quite familiar with his. <laughs> With how good, perhaps his game, but you know, if he can carry on that form as well, then it, we, we he may only be here on loan. And I know there is sort of like potential to buy him at the end of the season, but it doesn't look. I don't know if Leeds are going to get relegated from the Premier League. I think there's probably worse, worse teams than them. Um, so you know, he's. Potentially, you know, in this second half of the season, first half of the season, the point was that he would get fit for the World Cup. He didn't do that. The second half of the season now, he's going to be, you know, trying to stay fit, playing for a contract next season, perhaps at least, perhaps elsewhere, perhaps at QPR. If he can become very important for us in the second half of the season and show that form that he did in the second half of Reading, then we've got a pretty good front line. It's just there is that inconsistency isn't there yeah i think i think it's worth worth caveating slightly that the front three neither of them really like that right side position that kind of narrow right wing i mean he plays it but 
we just lack a little bit of balance. Like I think there's there's definitely a reason why we were after is it Ebi Ebi or whatever when he's gone to Hull. Um Because yeah. I mean, to to Shadipo's credit, slightly like very slightly, he at least held the held the whip on the right hand side, and we actually had some some balance um, on either side rather than when you had uh, when you have Roberts there. I mean, at one point, I think all three of them were on the left hand side, so. I think the the system is slightly um, slightly to his downfall in the sense that you're probably not getting the the absolute best out of them. But like you say, if he can hit form, score goals regardless of where he's playing, um, then then that can only benefit um, both parties really. Having said that, if they move low onto the right wing, you've got Chair on the left, who seems to have that slightly better to it. You could then make the argument for Willock playing. In the number ten, and being the yeah, only I think, number 10. Got, I think you've got a bit of uh, fluidity to kind of rotate, um, rotate roles with that. Is it four? How many of them? One, two. There's four of them. Yeah, four. So yeah, you've got you've got options um, in there. Yeah, so I think that's where we will leave it for this week. Uh, thanks, Dan. We're coming back on. Uh, you know, let's hope that come next week we'll have a win to talk about. Should be nice. Hasn't been one of them in a while. Um, we don't have anything, I guess, to plug at this point. Program? No, yeah, I, I mean, I've got the program this week. Um, probably the one of the worst weeks to have it, to be honest with you. Go on, give us a little synopsis. Uh, it's it's mainly about our inconsistency, so it's a bit of what, what we've said here. Um, kind of going off what Critchy said post-Fleetwood, I think it was, and just and and then a bit on low and low and Roberts, so kind of just general, just general stuff, really. Um, you haven't slagged it, off the players, have you? No, 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 no nothing like that. Because um, don't they get like a copy of the program in the dre- I don't know, change room I don't prior know. to going out? They, you know, maybe, maybe. maybe are they going to be sitting out. there reading the the criticism, thinking, maybe, "Who the hell's no, this no, Dan there is, there, there is generally no criticism. Um, it's more, it's more kind of about Critchley's home truths, about inconsistencies, a uh, bit about our form, and then. How maybe Lowe and um, Roberts can kind of spur us on the second half of the season. So it's, it's a bit of a positive spin on a uh, rubbish kind of few weeks. Lovely stuff then. Okay, so uh, we'll leave it there until next time. Thank you very much for listening and come on, you ours.